This is the Cynics on Disney Podcast, presented by NotClub33.com. Buckle up, here's your host, Bobby Burgess. Welcome in to the very first edition of the Cynics on Disney Podcast. I am your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic, along with my co-host. I am his wife, Amanda, a.k.a. the Anti-Cynic. It works as a moniker for now, because we're, we're so opposite. We're like the yin and the yang. If you will, I, I'm the guy who's always making all the well shitty jokes uh, about everything, and Amanda's the one that takes everything to heart. So um, you know, I think you guys will like her. Uh, Maybe give us a little bit of your bona fides, real quick. All right, so I have been going to Disney World since I was nine. My first trip was in 1997 for the 25th anniversary. So my first view of Cinderella's Castle was as the giant pink. Birthday cake, which does hold a special place in my heart because that is the first time I saw the castle. It still looks like the inside of Barbie. Please stop. Okay. Anyway, I told my parents during that trip that I wanted to work for Disney someday, and I did when I was 22. Um, Yeah, 22, right after I graduated college. Um, I went to work. For Disney as a member of the Disney College Program. So I was down there from August 2011 to May 2012. I worked at Epcot as a cedar for Coral Reef Restaurant. So if you ate at Coral Reef between August of 2011 and May 2012, then I was probably your hostess in some aspect. So you were the hostess with the mostess. I like to think so. I'm sorry for that. Please continue. Um, In addition to the many trips that I have taken to Disney, and both as a cast member and not a cast member, I've also been on three Disney cruises, and I'm trying desperately to talk my wonderful husband over here into taking me on a fourth cruise. Absolutely not, no. It'll happen one day, I promise. (laughs) So yeah, that's pretty much... You're leaving out one major bona fide. What major bona fide am I leaving out? You were a fucking travel agent. I was a travel agent. Like specializing in Disney. I did. That's right. I did. So technically you're a Disney expert. I, I like to think of myself as a Disney expert. Well, expert. I we both are uh, but, at this point. Um, I, I've been writing uh, about Disney since 2016, and I've been going to, to Disney since I was three years old. Ha! I beat you by so many years. You're also older than me, so... Shut up, jerk. <laughs> so, true story about me when I was three years old. Um, I had to get lost uh, while I was down there. I was not one of the leash babies that were ever so popular in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, and as a result, um, as a lost boy, no joke, I was found by Captain Hook. So, <laughs> there's that. Uh, it explains a lot as to... Why my life is the way that it is. Nothing but one running joke. Um, But that's what we're going to try to do here. We're going to try to joke around about a lot of stuff. Uh, We'll go ahead and tell you, if you have children, um, please make sure that they are used to the F word. Please make sure that they are used to all sorts of cursing and subversive humor because this is not a show for the five-year-olds or really this is not a show for the most um, uptight 
Disney fan, this is a show for those of us who like to drink. This is an adult uh, Disney show, if you will. So, um, Yeah, definitely if you have little ears around, I would definitely at least preview before listening. And by little ears, she doesn't mean the little yarmulke things that, that you get to the front of the park. No, she, she means like the, the actual child's ears. Yes, that is exactly what I mean. Because they do look like yarmulkes, do they not? The the children's ears? I mean, I guess. I still have mine. <laughs> I have my first pair, too. Yeah, and it looks like a yarmulke. Just I mean, I guess. I can still sort of kind of wear my first pair. I cannot. Not unless I were to use a bobby pin and put it to my head. So, um, in lieu of that, we're, we're going to skip that over. Um, the focus of this show is going to be reviewing everything that there is to review at Disney World. So that's going to be every ride, every show, every resort, every table service restaurant, every quick service restaurant, every golf course, every putt-putt course, um, every everything. Did I leave anything out? What about modes of transportation? Do we really need to review, like, the Magical Express? Well, no, because they're getting rid of that. Well, yeah, but... (laughs) I mean, I mean the bus the, transportation system. Do we really? What about the? We got the Skyliner. Okay, and so does the monorail. I'm just saying. Hey, don't hate on the monorail. That's my favorite. Okay, but it still smells like you know sweat and baby. Bottle. It's still my favorite. I okay. Anywho, um, so tonight we're going to kick things off. We had planned uh, just for everybody's knowledge. This episode was recorded. On Saturday, January 16th. Yes, it is. And today was the opening, the grand opening, for Gideon's Cookies. Okay. I think it's called Gideon's Bakehouse. Whatever. Gideon's Cookies is what I'm going to refer to it as. Um, We were going to bring you a special review, as our first episode was going to be the grand opening of the newest dessert location at Disney Springs. And then we looked on Twitter and saw that they cut the line off six hours before we had even left to go to Disney. And the virtual queue was 11 hours. 11 hours. For a cookie. People. Listen, I love Disney, too. I know this is not going to sound like it sometimes, but I promise you, I love Disney, too. There is no circumstance, none whatsoever, whereby you should be waiting in line longer than the cumulative wait times of all of Disney's Hollywood studios for a $6 cookie. There's not... there there Unless that cookie has heroin in it and you are a heroin addict, there is no circumstance by which you shouldn't be waiting that long for a damn cookie. None. Can you think of one? No. Well, thanks I mean, for that help uh, over there. <laughs> I mean, no. Come like, up with a ridiculous scenario You know, I mean... Uh, the guaranteed winning lottery ticket, maybe, but other than that, no. I, I I love Disney fans because they are what fuels our website, but also I hate you people because this is what happens. This is why we can't ever have nice things. During a quarantine pandemic situation, we've somehow come up with a way to wait 11 hours for cookies. So there's that. So instead, tonight, what we're going to do is review our dinner. And tonight, we had dinner over at Enzo's Hideaway, uh, which is a little bar and boutique restaurant that's underneath the main Enzo's Maria? Enzo's Maria's. 
Um, it's got a little bit of a speakeasy vibe, I yeah. would say. Uh, when you walk in, uh, there's, I don't know, a thousand bottles of fake rum on the wall. Well, it, like you have, it's a tunnel bar, so it's under, quote unquote, underground. Yes. There's a, quote unquote, secret door um, to get into the restaurant. A lot, a lot like a speakeasy would have had. Except that they had to keep that door open because of social distancing. And, and yeah. Like so it's but, not as fun to stumble upon, but nonetheless, um, we had dinner tonight for two. Um, it's Italian food, uh, and so that set my expectation up a little bit, uh, and it disappointed me a little bit because of that, but I'll get to that uh, here shortly. Um, so, let's see here. We had each a glass of wine, we had an appetizer, and we both had a meal. We skipped dessert, um, because we started to get a little bit full, and Thought maybe we'll we'll go do like you know something else, and then Disney Springs got to be too peopley uh, for us. <laughs> we are not fans of ridiculously huge crowds, which sounds weird for people who love going to Disney because that's all you encounter a lot of times at Disney. But when you have to do six switchbacks in order to get into Disney Springs. And then, like you know, we were approached by at least at least three different cackles of white women, um, and I hope that the white women out there are listening and understand this. Uh, don't form a horizontal line when you're walking and perusing everything. Form a more vertical line, if you will. Well, if you're going to form a horizontal line, and I get it, because you know you want to talk to your friends or, you know, the relatives that you have there with you, that's fine. But when you see someone walking toward you, please move over out of their way. Just pay attention. Instead of almost running into said person. Tell you what, all their names were too. Oh? Yeah, I'm sure of it. One of them was absolutely named Karen. Another one was absolutely named... Uh, Kayla, no, Michaela, M-C-K-L-E-A-G-H-Y-A. Um, a third was named Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Uh-uh. Wait, what? Do not come after someone with my sister's name. They all had, like, they, they couldn't spell their names more ridiculously if they tried. All of them. All four of them that were in that one. And you know this to be true. My sister spells her name L-E-I-G-H. I'm going to need you to stop. Well, Lee, if you're listening, you're welcome to send me a text message and yell at me. But Please in the, do. In the meantime, let's get back to the actual dinner. Um, so, starting off with the uh, with the wine, I had the intrinsic Cabernet. Um, I figured that was a good middle ground uh, red wine. Uh, I was planning on eating a lot of beef uh, and or darker meat. Uh, so that's the one that I chose to go with. And I had a Moscato, um, cause I do not like red wine. I always go for the lighter fruity stuff. And yet, what are we drinking right now? Um, I am drinking red wine, but Aha! not, I mean, this is decent. I prefer white, but you never get a bottle of white when you choose the bottle. So. Hell no. It's cold and gross. I don't Anyway, uh, for appetizer, we started off with the Pulpatine, uh, which I believe was the, also the Emperor from Star Wars. 
<laughs> Sounds uh, right. It came with two uh, approximately golf ball-sized meatballs uh, that had fresh mozzarella uh, and Parmesan on top. And, and they r- also had uh, a little bit of marinara sauce in there. I, for 16 bucks, it wasn't worth it. Not for... Because it was... I was expecting more than two meatballs. Well, I was expecting actually one meatball, but I was expecting a giant one that was the size of like a grapefruit or yeah. you know so, something big that yeah. that was kind of like a blooming onion of a meatball, if you will. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was good, and I am always really nervous when I have meatballs because I don't eat pork. So I'm Jewish. I'm not, but I just don't like the taste of pork. I'm weird. I know my family tells me this all the time, but whatever. Um, I don't like the taste of pork, so I always get really weird when I see meatball and it's not prefaced by the type of meat. But I, this one was beef. At least it tasted like it. So we're, we're going to go with a beef. It was beef meatball. Um, it was delicious. I enjoyed it. I would not pay $16 for it, though. You're right. I did. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> So, um, moving on to dinner, um, I had my choices narrowed down uh, to one of two things, and Amanda stole one of mine. So, go ahead and tell them what yours was. I did the ravioli uh, formaggi. I know I'm butchered. The Formage. There we go. It's cheese cheese ravioli is what I did. Um, it was good. I did enjoy it. Um... It was $28. I don't know that... In fact, I don't... I wouldn't spend $28 normally on that. I mean, it was literally probably about eight pretty decent-sized pieces of ravioli um, with, you know, the traditional ricotta cheese filling. It was good. It did have a marinara sauce over it with a little bit of pesto. I'm not a huge fan of pesto, um, so that could have been left off. But it did have that on it. Um, and then they did come around and offer uh, to put shredded, or, yeah, um, Parmesan, grated Parmesan, excuse me, um, which I obviously said yes to. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was good. It was decent. I kind of wish I would have gone for the spaghetti and meatballs that they had instead. Yeah. 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 I think that would have been more up your alley. Personally, I do uh, love spaghetti. I uh, I decided to go with the pasta della nona. Uh, it's a rigatoni pasta with uh, short rib, meatball, and sausage, uh, all along with a pomodoro sauce and parmesan uh, added to it. I guess pomodoro is a more it, fancy marinara. Yeah, because yeah, that's essentially what it was. Um, again, pretty good. Um, here's the problem, though, and this, I think Enzo's is a Disney-run restaurant. No, it is not. Oh, it's not. I looked that up. It is not Disney run. It is. Let me find. It is run by. Yeah, Patina. Um, who also own the Edison, Maria and Enzo's, and Pizza Pont. Pizza Pont. Ponte. Okay. Well, um, maybe this is just like a Disney wide thing, or all restaurants at Disney, with the exception of Chef Art Smith's. Um, the portion size. Um, literally one, uh, you could count the noodles. The 12 noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's a rigatoni. So it's a little bit bigger uh, of, of a pasta than most out there. But at the same time, it's 
it's just weird that you can you can count like that. Like, so there's something strange about going. Oh well, this guy gets one dozen uh, <laughs> of each, and it looks like it's portion controlled in that way. Um, also, they came with a little uh, one of the meatballs that was served with uh, our appetizer. That's what was served uh, with the pasta uh, dell'anno. Uh, in addition, it also came with a, sh- a small bit of short rib uh, and a little two-inch Italian sausage. All right, here's the thing. When, when I think of Italian food, okay, I, I'm thinking like a feast of a meal, personally. I'm thinking family style where there's always way too much uh, food going around. There's always leftovers. There's always... Um, you know, you're expecting to feed a family of, of 30, but only 20 show up uh, type thing. So I have this problem with Italian food having the perfect portion size, personally. Um, I, I always want to have a little bit of leftovers when it comes to Italian food, and I did not get to have that uh, with this dish or this meal. Uh, so for that reason, I was a little bit disappointed as well. Yeah, I was... I was a little bit disappointed, not necessarily in the portion size, because I did not finish all of mine, but a lot of that also had to do with the fact that I ate a lot of bread beforehand. Um, had I, they did also <laughs> offer bread and olive oil for the table. They did, and they offered, um, you know, once we finished one bread bowl, they brought us another, so... I did have several slices of bread beforehand, and I don't. I think had I not had that, I would have probably finished all of mine because I didn't leave much behind. But yeah, for the price, I don't think the portions were worth it. So, some total uh, after a glass of wine apiece, an appetizer, and two entrees, the the bill came back with one hundred and seventeen and some change. Uh, I ended up paying 140 overall with the tip included. Um, I'll say this. The service was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. It was Johnny on the spot with everything. They didn't, they never let my water get empty, uh, which I appreciated. Yes, our server was very attentive. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost to the point of annoyance. Uh, like, bruh, give me, like, a little bit of space here. Like, I, I want to, like, try to indulge and, and eat and keep asking me every ten seconds, is everything okay? But I recognize that, at the very least, he's making an effort. So, service was excellent. Food was all right. Yeah. Um, price was high. Very high. Um, 140 bucks for what we got, it just did not feel... No. Worth worth the price tag. Um, I, again, it's Disney, so you expect to overpay a little bit, but I don't expect to... That kind of meal and outside the parks would be worth... That would be probably... We would probably see that kind of meal at maybe like a Maggiano's or a Macaroni Grill. Yeah, something along those lines. And, and you would probably end up paying 75 bucks with tip. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it was worth twice... The, the, the price of admission elsewhere, personally. Um, but that's okay. It's it's up to you to, to make your own determination as to whether or not it's good. It was decent Italian food, which, you know what, in Florida, unfortunately, it's tough to come by. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that we've learned down here is that because the water sucks, um, so does all the rest of the Italian food. 
so much of Italian food has to do with boiling uh, pasta or using water to make uh, specific types of bread and everything like that. And it's just not the same. So, um, you know, for our money, it wasn't bad. Um, it's just not worth it to us. On a scale of one to five hideaways, how many hideaways are you giving? I'll give it a four. You'll give it a four? I'll give it a four. Um, I'm taking off because, again, the food was not worth the price point. Um, but I did like the atmosphere. It was not crowded when we got there. It was by the time we left. Um, but when we got there, we had a 6.30 reservation. We got there around 6.15 and were immediately seated so that we didn't have to wait very long. Um, again, the service was great. I did like the fact that, I don't know if you noticed, but over kind of behind me, um, they were you could actually watch them make the pasta, which I thought was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, the atmosphere is really nice. It's, you know, definitely, I believe it is de- uh, kind of, I don't know if they stuck with the original concept of it being a 21 and up place, but I definitely did not see... I don't know if I saw any children in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I did see any children down there. So, which is again nice uh, for adults who don't have children uh, and are under. Or day. you know, if you're there and you want to leave the children with one of those babysitters yeah. at the hotel and have a date night, and you want to get away from all the children. <laughs> uh, and it is very small. There's not a lot of seating, so I think they really do encourage reservations. And I would also say there's not really any scenic views. Um, there is a couple outside, but they weren't seating outside because it was going to be 45 degrees. Yeah, it's a little chilly down here right now. Um, but still, um, you know, I, I wish that there was at least a window or something. I guess then it wouldn't well, be a tunnel it's bar. It's a tunnel bar, so you wouldn't. <laughs> no, but still, yeah, something uh, for, for a view. Um, I would give it... Based on everything, three out of five uh, hideaways. Um, again, not bad food, not bad, uh, great service, just expensive for, for what it is. And, you know, that's a double-edged sword that you get with Disney all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are trying to look at it through that prism. However, it just it felt like way too much for what we got. So that's... You know my story, and I'm sticking to it. Agreed. I will say that we did have a pretty decent conversation at dinner, uh, where we talked about all the various Easter eggs for Wandavision. Yes, on Disney Plus, because of course we watched that when it debuted. Well, of course, <laughs> and we used the tried to use the uh, Postmates code glitch so that we could get free delivery. Of course, that didn't work for the Chinese restaurant that we tried ordering at twice, <laughs> but whatever. Um, by the way, any thoughts on One Division? The quick thoughts. So far, I am I'm intrigued. I think the premise of One Division is very interesting. I'm interested to see where they're going. I'm hooked. I will say that I am hooked on it because I want to see where they go. And I'm okay with it. Um, <coughs> personally, I want to see uh, what character Jen Barkley from Parks and Rec turns out to be. Um, apparently, if you have been a big fan of the Wanda uh, comics or the... The Marvel comics that feature the, her. The Scarlet Witch comics. 
then you know what this story entails. I was never the comic book reader, uh, so I have no idea what the hell is going on. All I know is that it's uh, it looks like Bewitched, uh, and it's kind of fun to to relive those kinds of sitcoms. So, um, so far, so good for me, but uh, I'm sure some wacky, crazy stuff will be coming from that TV show. So, um, Right now, we don't have annual passes because Disney's not selling annual passes. Uh, and, you know, I, I ain't paying no one-day ticket. I'm not even paying, like, the, the cutesy little four-day $200 ticket uh, at this point. But, I don't know, honey, what, what should we do next? Well, I'm thinking either, like, a lunch or like, dessert-ish type place in Disney Springs, or one of the putt-putt courses. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. We're going to do putt-putt. Yes! That is going to be our next show, guys. We're going to do review a putt-putt course at Disney. Um, let's see here. Are we going to do Winter Summerland, or are we going to do the other one? I think let's start with Winter Summerland. By Blizzard Beach. Yeah. Okay. We'll make sure that it's open. And then we'll, if not, we'll try the other one. Uh, and so there you go, guys. We're going to try to do as many different things uh, and as wide a variety of stuff as we can so that we don't just keep on pounding out, you know, restaurant review shows. That's not what we want to turn this into. We want to turn this into eventually me making fun of all the bullshit, uh, nitty-gritty details that we find on Disney attractions. Um, we want to turn this into... Terrible, terrible jokes, much to my wife's chagrin. Um, which, by the way, what the hell is a chagrin? He has literally been trying to figure this out for like two days. So if you know, please, please let him know what yes, it is. Yes, tweet me at Cynical Disney uh, if you know what the hell chagrin is. I mean, yes, you can look it up, but I'm, I'm talking specifically towards the idiom. Uh, that's what I would like to know. Uh, is what it means with regards to that. So, uh, there's your homework for the week, guys. Uh, next week we'll, we'll get out there with some putt putt. And if you have anything that you want us to review, we are always open to to your ideas. Yes, please give us suggestions because God knows, you know, it's difficult enough as it is to come up with podcast topics on their own, and we're on podcast one. <laughs> So, yeah, if you have anything specifically right now at Disney Springs or outside of the parks that you would like for us to review, we would be glad to hear suggestions. So, again, you can tweet Bobby at Cynical Disney or we're on Instagram at Cynical Disney as well. You can always drop a message or a comment there. Also, make sure, guys, to check out Not33.com for all of the latest and greatest Disney news, as well as, uh, see here, allergy uh, food reviews. Pat does an excellent job with that. Um, make sure that you check out our NotCast on YouTube. Um, that is one of the most fun things that I do on a semi-weekly basis. Um, you know, so... We have a podcast network now. We're excited. We're, we're thrilled to be able to bring you guys extra content as we go. Um, but we're looking for interaction. We're looking for you guys to participate. So please feel free to reach out to us. Um, guys, as much as fun as this has been, I think it's time for us to end this. I so, think it is. Um, thank you so much for listening. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Do all of those things that you do for all the other podcasts. And have a magical fucking day. Bye, guys.